Coming up in preparation for the Supreme Court case on the Colorado ballot, uh, I'm going to show you three ways in which GOP states can throw Biden off the ballot. This is the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. The 14th Amendment of the Constitution, which was passed in the aftermath of the Civil War, has a clause in it that says that you are disqualified in running for president if you have engaged in an insurrection. Now, I think, by the way, that this is the reason that the left, and this is how strategic and how cunning they are, from the day of January 6th, and they probably even thought of it before, Right away, they put out that word, insurrection, insurrection. This was an insurrection. And even though it didn't have the resemblance of an insurrection, there are no qualities of an insurrection. Insurrectionists show up armed. They try to burn down the place. Here you've got people walking through the ropes, um, you know, following the authority. If the cops say, go over there, they go over there. They're shaking hands and fist bumping with the cops. So there's, there's nothing in front of our eyes that says insurrection. But the left nevertheless insists, no, it's an insurrection. And they were setting up for what we have now, which is the attempt to disqualify Trump, throw him off the ballot because he participated in an insurrection. Now, even if you could show that there was an insurrection on January 6th, it wouldn't follow that Trump did it. It could follow that the insurrection was done by someone else or was spontaneous. So the left has two heavy factual burdens, uh, neither of which are met. Number one, that there was an insurrection, and number two, that Trump orchestrated or drove it forward or was an active part in it. So they have no case. There's nothing here. So what, what the left is doing in Colorado and in Maine is they're relying on the who gets to say what an insurrection is. And their answer is, the term is not defined in the 14th Amendment, so individual states get to define it for themselves. They can decide if they think it was an insurrection, and if it was, throw Trump off the ballot. Now, again, when the left thinks like this, they're under Trump derangement syndrome, by which I mean they're not asking, well, what if this became a precedent? What if states could freely throw um, their political opponents off the ballot by simply dubbing whatever they do insurrection? And, and when this issue is raised, uh, that two can play at this game, Democrats always go, well, come on, Dinesh, you know, um, there aren't any other insurrections uh, around. Trump is, this is why they think they've got Trump. He's the only one that they think can plausibly be connected, even if in a far-fetched way, to the actual word insurrection. But this is not, in fact, true. I think that Republican states should start, and do it now, throwing Biden off the ballot. This can be done right here in Texas. It can be done in other Republican states. And all you need to do is to show, and again, remember, you don't have to prove it. There was no proof that was advanced in the Trump case. You simply have to say, to us, it looks like an insurrection. And since the word insurrection is in the 14th Amendment, and since we get to say what an insurrection is, if it's an insurrection to us, we get to throw the guy off the ballot. Uh, this will, by the way, also clarify the Supreme Court's thinking about this, because if the Supreme Court is inclined to go its normal way and break, you know, five to four or six to three, it'll be a down straight ideological grounds. But I want all the justices to see what a Pandora's box has opened 
if you allow states whimsically to decide that they can disqualify their political opponents simply by chanting the word insurrection. So here are three independent ways. Here's way number one. Biden participated in an insurrection by stealing the 2020 election. I don't have to prove it. I'm simply saying he did. It's our opinion that he did. If he did, that constitutes an insurrection against our constitutional system of government, a usurpation of democracy. You don't have to think so, but we think so. And therefore, on that basis, since the word insurrection appears in the 14th Amendment, he's off the ballot. That's way number one. Here's way number two. Biden is engaging in election interference by trying to jail his leading political opponent. Now, there's a lot of evidence that the Biden regime is colluding with Fannie Willis in Georgia. They're colluding in the New York case. They're involved in all the cases against Trump. So there's an orchestrated effort by one party and its leader, Biden, to get the leader of the other party not only off the ballot, but jailed. That's an insurrection. So that's insurrection number two. Biden's off the ballot. And number three, the border. The fact that you are flagrantly ignoring our laws, allowing potential terrorists and criminals to come across the border. If you think about it, a nation is held together by its citizens. And and what you're doing is you're actually acting as if aliens are citizens. In fact, you treat them in some cases better than citizens. There are automatic benefits available to them that citizens don't get. This is a an infringement of a country and its sovereignty, and it can reasonably be dubbed, you guessed it, an insurrection. So I've just given three independent insurrections that are being driven by the Biden regime, and you don't need all three. You need just one. So you can allude to one, you can allude to two, or you can bring up all three, and the net effect is bye-bye Joe Biden. Supreme Court, you now figure this one out. <laughs> When I looked at the mRNA vaccine, I looked at the Pfizer one, the Moderna one, I was horrified. My contention is that there are multiple deliberate toxicities built into these materials, and I can, I can justify that. I ask your audience to think, how is it that their body plays nice with itself, doesn't attack itself unless you're unfortunate and have an autoimmune disease, but normally your immune system, like they're like uh, military personnel. They stay in their barracks. They don't harm you. But when you're infected or you get a cancer, maybe they go to war and you know the distinction, how it is that your body does that trick. It distinguishes self, all things inside your body that are meant to be there. It doesn't attack anything foreign, anything non-self. It will attack. So when you take mRNA and get human body to make a piece of a foreign organism, Ladies and gentlemen, that's not my dog. <laughs> the, when your body is instructed to make a piece of foreign, non-human protein, every cell that expresses that is now blaring a signal, I've been invaded. Your immune system goes to war and tries to kill it. Every single cell that this material goes into. These could never, ever be safe for a mass market use. If you just give it to mass population, they will attack their own cells and kill them. That is the reason why you see dozens of different side effects, because it's one mechanism of toxicity, but expressed anywhere in the body, wherever it happens to land. There are many more concerns, but that's, that's my first top one. And you said this was intentional? 
Oh, yes. All four companies, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson Johnson, and Pfizer, all chose the same parts of this so-called COVID-19 virus. They all chose the same parts. They all chose the bit that sticks out the outside called spike protein. So a couple of things here. Um, if I was leading a, a drug discovery team, and I did dozens of times, the chances that my peers in the other company will come up with the same solution is remote to tell to tell the truth and you would never pick this why would you not pick this we knew from previous work that the spike proteins that stick out from the outside of these microorganisms are biologically active they can trigger blood coagulation and they are neurally toxic they should have picked um, if you believe the story about viruses and i have significant concerns but if we just go with the narrative, you would definitely, definitely not pick the part of the virus that is biologically active. And the fact that all four drug companies did it, it's a, it's a black swan event. That's deliberate. Also, think you've got the reality that <clears throat> the next thing that, that Speaker Johnson should do is bring up a Ukraine bill, have it offset. You know, you have a six trillion, two hundred billion dollar budget. Mm. Now, if you can't find one percent, right. which is all you need to take care of Ukraine, then you're not very serious about helping Ukraine. Uh, this idea that we're going to keep writing blank checks, keep ha having an inflation rate, keep having the debt go up every year, keep having interest on the debt, which will now be bigger than the defense budget. Uh, this is a moment to let, draw a line in the sand and stand there. And I do think he ought to bring up aid to, to Ukraine. I do think stopping the Russians is a long-term historic necessity. And by the way, if you looked at the, what the Russians were doing in a lot of those places, they were at least as vicious as the Hamas terrorists. Mm. Uh, more people have been brutally killed by the Russians than were killed on October 7th by Hamas. And it's just the fact you don't have as many television there. You don't have as much video. But what the Russians have been doing is as barbaric as anything well, they that have Hamas a history. did. Newt, I, very quickly, because we're running out of time, but I've got to ask you about what's happening in our universities, <clears throat> uh, specifically with the anti-Semitism that's growing there at, at our most elite university, at Harvard, at Columbia, at Yale, at these universities. In, in Harvard, sure. you just had an incident where a Jewish student was surrounded by these anti-Israel protesters, one of whom was, was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. Now Bill, uh, Bill Ackman wants, wants to have him suspended from that position, but I mean, what do you make of all this? Well, we've, we've lost a fight for the education system. And so you have a generation that's growing up brainwashed into believing things that aren't true. I mean, when, when you have somebody <clears throat> tell you that killing 40 babies, including cutting their heads off, is not really an act of terrorism, uh, you have people who are seriously out of touch with the real world. And I think it means we ought to have a very serious effort on two fronts. One, taking on terrorism head on, making it illegal to support and help terrorists, and two, uh, really re-examining re the entire university structure, potentially including uh, repealing their tax break. I mean, why would we give Harvard a tax break 
but it has $40 billion right. in its endowment, right. and it's dominated by left-wingers who hate America. All right. Newt Gingrich, uh, the former Speaker of the House, great to see you, Newt. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming in. The plan to secure our elections. This is the biggest reason I believe that I've been getting canceled uh, by uh, box stores, everything else, uh, shopping channels, and now Fox News. Uh, they don't want to get the word out. For some reason, they don't want the, you know, do they want computers in our elections? I don't know. It sure seems that way. Because uh, every time I've, uh, we've been trying to get, uh, um, we either get blocked, it seems like, by Republicans, which I'm going to bring up in a minute, the RNC, uh, the, a lot of people from the RNC, but also um, um, we're blocked um, um, every time, you know, whether it's uh, cancellations or attacks on my companies, it's all because of this plan that we announced in August to secure our elections. And I want to tell you just an example of paper ballots hand counting working. Remember, we had Argentina, everybody, which was a few months ago. They switched. One judge made a ruling to switch to paper ballots hand counting, and they switched over in four and a half months. Now, let me tell you, it just Taiwan just had their election, I believe it was Friday or Saturday last week. They have the gold standard. I've met with France, Germany, UK, Netherlands, all of them. And, and looked at all of their hand-counted paper ballots without machines uh, systems. I believe we have the best one um, with Linda Rant, with our Cause of America, with her system she developed, and uh, we, it's been used in Osage County, Missouri last spring. But I'll tell you what, Taiwan is the gold standard for the world of, of elections. They have all these other things I don't even have time to tell you all, but they went and had their paper ballot hand count election last week, and they won. They kept communism out of their country. They saved their country. They saved, they didn't have a chance if they'd have had the machines there and all these other things were not in place. They, they, the people won, they, they won their elections, they, uh, the people's choices, not selections. So it can be done, and, uh, and this is where we have, we have to save our, save our country and save the American dream. And uh, uh, one of the things we're doing, everybody, um, is, uh, Logan, maybe you can pull up the RNC thing. Uh, they call it, the RNC thing is, uh, uh, their big meeting is at the end of the month in Las Vegas. Well, we're gonna have an event, uh, Turning Point USA, this is called the RNC Summit 2024. But if you read it there, it's called Restoring National Confidence. Remember, people have lost confidence, not only in the RNC, but the, you know, in our election platforms. And this is put on by Turning Point, and they reached out to me. And let me tell you about this. They, by the way, I heard, I was on Steve Bannon's show, The War Room today, and they were talking about something the RNC did, something to do with the Communist Party. I don't know the details, but you all might want to check that out. It didn't, it didn't sound very good, okay? But all I'm saying is the RNC has not done that. When I went ran for RNC chair a year ago, I was adamant and told them all. I said, "You guys, you guys didn't um, lose all these elections." I said they were all stolen. 
and said, you guys didn't do anything to secure the election platforms. Finally, they passed a resolution this last August of paper ballots, hand counted, same day voting, precinct level and signature required. What's the connection between the Iranian regime and Hamas in Gaza? Iran and Hamas's partnership began in the 90s when the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps taught Hamas officials how to build and use suicide belts to kill Israelis throughout the first and second intifadas. As Hamas gained prominence as a terrorist organization, Iran began sending them $50 million a year. After Israel withdrew from Gaza in 2005, Hamas started sending their fighters to Iran for training in field tactics and weapons technology. In 2008, Hamas upgraded their homemade short-range rockets to Iranian-made Grad rockets that enabled them to hit Israeli cities over 20 miles away from Gaza for the first time. By the next escalation in 2012, Hamas was launching long-range Iranian Fajr 5 rockets at Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. In 2014, Iran was caught shipping weapons directly to Hamas in Gaza on the infamous Kloss Sea. On board were 40 Syrian-made rockets, 181 mortar shells, and about 400,000 bullets, all hidden among bags of cement and clearly marked with Iranian labels. In addition to using ships, Iran also regularly smuggled weapons to Hamas on cargo planes, trucks, and through Hamas's underground tunnel system. Operation Protective Edge saw Hamas continuing to fire Iranian-made rockets at Israel, as well as Hamas's debut of drones and UAVs that originated in Iran. Over the next several years, Hamas continued to develop three main types of drones based on the Iranian Sarir 110, drones for reconnaissance, drones for dropping explosives, and suicide drones. In 2017, Iran upped its support for Hamas to about $100 million a year. And as smuggling became more difficult, Iran began training Hamas to produce high-quality weapons locally, the teach a man to fish strategy. Members of Hamas's Nukhba Special Forces Unit traveled to Iran for training by the IRGC and returned to Gaza to train others. After 11 days of non-stop rocket attacks across Israel in 2021, unprecedented in quantity and in range, Hamas leaders publicly thanked Iran once again for helping them build up their massive arsenal. And finally, just weeks before Hamas's invasion of Israel and massacre on October 7, 2023, hundreds of Hamas terrorists received special training in Iran. The drones that Hamas built with Iranian help played a key role in the early hours of their invasion. Iran had recently increased their funding to a whopping $350 million. Hamas has been terrorizing millions of Israeli civilians for 36 years, and their rule over Gaza has enabled Iran to maintain a presence directly on Israel's border. The Hamas-Iran alliance is just one part of Iran's axis of terror and ongoing attempts to destabilize the Western world. Welcome back, America. It's always an honor and a pleasure to have Victor Davis Hanson with us. Very brave intellectual, because most intellectuals like to hide, uh, unless they're attacking the United States, and he's certainly not one of them. You know, Victor Davis Hanson, you were really among the first to take on this issue of illegal immigration, the lack of assimilation. You wrote a book on it uh, many years ago. It was even cited by then the late 
Democrat governor of Colorado, Richard Lamb. I don't feel like we have Democrats like that no. anymore. What's happening on the border, the inhumanity, the mayhem, the effects on all aspects of American society, this isn't an accident, is it, sir? No, it isn't. It's deliberate. And it's the message has gone out. It's not just to Latin America, Mark. It's all over the world that you're not only allowed to come in here illegally, but this administration wants you to. And they will slur or smear anybody who objects and call them racist or advocates of the great replacement theory. But they've written advocates of the open borders have written books. They're, they're, they're not shy about it called Demography is Destiny or the New Democratic Majority. They feel that their agenda doesn't appeal to people uh, on the issues, crime, the border, foreign policy, inflation. So they need new constituents, or at least they want to grow government by having a lot of uh, people who need to be on entitlements. And then we have the problem with Mexico. I mean, Obrador is really out of control. He just, he just gave us a demand, Mark. He said he wanted, in addition to the $60 billion in remittances that he gets from people here illegally, that most of them are getting subsidized by our government to free up the cash to send to Mexico, he says he wants $20 billion dollars. And then in addition to that, he wants amnesty for 10 million people here. And then he wants us to recognize fellow socialist, communist governments like uh, Venezuela and Cuba. So there's no respect for us anymore. And they, they, they interpret our magnanimity as weakness to be exploited, not to be reciprocated. It's almost as if they have uh, listened to Joe Biden's treatment of Israel, told Israel what its country should look like, has told Israel how it should fight a war, has told Israel about... Uh, the, the Palestinians, and so forth and so on. It's almost as if the president of Mexico is taking a page out of Joe Biden's foreign policy. Now, let me ask you this, Victor. The consequences on this society, even if today we were to secure the border, are monumental. Are they not, given that millions and millions of people, many of whom have not been vetted, who have not been properly identified, have now been dispersed throughout our country? Absolutely. I live in a community that is impacted by it. You can see it every day. And people who rely on social services for things like uh, diabetes treatment or uh, kidney dialysis, things like that, the, the social services are swamped. And the, the irony is that we're treating people who are here illegally and reside unlawfully, we're treating them better than citizens. We're emptying schools out so they can occupy these schools as quarters and then the students are deprived of person-to-person -person teaching experiences. And it's, it's, it's crazy that the citizen is secondary uh, to the illegal immigrant. We, we got rid of 8,400 people out of the military because they didn't want to get a mRNA vaccination. Many of them had herd immunity, and yet we don't ask any of these people, Do you, have you been vaccinated? What's your health records? It's almost, I mean, if you wanted to really destroy America, it would be hard to think of a better way to do it than just invite eight to 10 million people. Uh, and that's what's going to come during the Biden uh, administration to invite them in without any audit or background or with any means of support. And with, especially with the attitude that it, they have no respect for the host. They're, it's like going to a person's home and saying, you know what, I don't like this and I don't like that. And here's my conditions by which I'll, I'll stay as your guest. And we've got it all wrong. We need to to really psychologically especially change our attitude. And I don't know how we're going to re rectify the 8 to 10 million who will have come by 2024, the end of the year, but it's going to be very difficult for the next decade or two. You know, you made a very important point uh, about replacement theory.
and such thing. It's not a theory. It's an ideology, and it's an ideology of the Marxist left and the Democrat Party. They do want to change the citizenry to accommodate their ideological viewpoint because red-blooded American citizens of all backgrounds, all faiths and all colors aren't buying into this. And so they figure, okay, then we'll change the citizenry. We lord over the citizenry. We want to re-engineer the citizenry. Isn't this the bottom line with the progressive ideology anyway? to create what they consider a more perfect human being in society? Isn't this why they actually supported eugenics 110 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. This, we have an all-time high. We have 55 million people that were not born in the United States, and we don't know what statuses they all are. We, in California, 27% of the po resident population wasn't born in the United States. That's an enormous challenge for assimilation and integration. And we don't do that anymore. We, we give them DEI. The moment they come in, they have a grievance against the United States for, on basis of DEI. And that's not going to work. We've got to go back to the melting pot and junk the salad bowl. We really do, and very rapidly. And when we come back, Victor Davis Hanson, isn't that why we see what we see happening in our schools and in our streets right now, the lack of assimilation? Assimilation, in fact, even of people born in America, that is, assimilated into our history, assimilated into our traditions, our morals, and our culture. And isn't that due in part to student visas, people we import into the country, tenure given to individuals who hate the country? Isn't this all sort of part of the same thing? Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News' YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis. You will not get it anywhere else. Welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show, folks. So glad that you have joined me. Major evidence the vaccine is causing white fibrous clotting. You've heard this a long time ago. We have talked about this on the show when it very first broke that uh, embalmers uh, were finding these white, long, str stringy clots. And at first, when that news broke, we didn't know even if it was a hoax. I remember the first video that I ever saw. I wasn't 100% sure. But then it was confirmed by multiple embalmers. And, and now we have major evidence, major evidence. And I theorized at the time that this fibrous clotting that was being found in the vaccinated dead people was the spike protein itself. Cause I couldn't explain it. It's they don't, they've never seen it before. It seems like it, it's just some sort of, protein and you've instructed with the vaccine your genes to give you gene therapy and produce the protein over and over and over again and i, I said if if someone's body and their their cells keep producing it that would make sense why there would be this white fibery stuff because it it it's not shutting off it's not stopping creating the clotting and maybe it stops at some point. Um, 
obviously not everyone will die of it, but it, it, with this new evidence, folks, you'd almost think almost, uh, or uh, it could be a majority of people who got vaccinated have this in them right now. I don't know that for sure, but that's how huge this evidence is. This is, this is amazing because with the vaccine, we've given you stuff and it might seem like a repeat because you may have heard about the white uh, fibrous blood clotting along with, remember the micro clotting that was happening. We also told you about the myocarditis, but when you get this much more evidence and we're, we're coming to the end of 2023 and they're able to trace it. And you find out that this never existed until COVID and the vax. It didn't exist before then. The embalmer said they never had seen it until really basically the vaccine rolled out, which is amazing evidence that it is 100% in my mind, the vaccine. The only thing they can argue is COVID itself could do it as well as, as the vaccine causing it. You could make that argument, but I think it's pretty obvious if embalmers have never seen this before, never seen this type of clotting. And we know that you're producing spike proteins in a body. And we have experimented on people to tell their body to do something that has never been done before in history. It doesn't take, too much to connect. Uh, yeah, it's the spike protein being produced, creating the, the, the clotting. Let me get to the major evidence. I don't want to make you wait. Uh, Grant Stinchfield. This is from his show. He doesn't actually even touch on the clotting at the beginning, but it'll be the, the focus. First, he gives you some major stuff from before. It's all important. Take a listen. Welcome back, everyone. I believe one of the greatest crimes ever committed against humanity is, of course, this COVID-19 vaccination. This vaccination clearly isn't working when I look at the data. In fact, it's causing more harm than good. And the cover-up surrounding the vaccination leads me to believe they knew it wasn't going to work. They just wanted to line their pockets. Why do you hear this new information that came out? Extra deaths right after a Pfizer study, right after the initial Pfizer study, 38 deaths were recorded that were not given or informed to the FDA. Would the FDA have changed its mind? Maybe, maybe not. This is Dr. Peter McCullough talking to my buddy Dan Ball over at One American News. What we knew is a paper was published by Michaels and colleagues that identified 38 deaths from the time of the data cutoff in November of 2020 to the FDA meeting in December of 2020, Pfizer didn't disclose the deaths and, and you, you know, what groups the patients were in. Nobody on the committee or the FDA asked for it. And it turns out if there was full reporting of what happened in the Pfizer trials, uh, there would have been a three to fourfold increased risk of cardiovascular death identified at the time of the FDA meeting. Hold on. Now, that is huge in and of itself of Pfizer leaving out the deaths that occurred after the study was over. And basically the CDC, the FDA didn't ask, well, how many people died? Were there people who died like 
shortly after you ended your, your study. And if they had, it just that information alone would have shown that the vaccine is way, way too dangerous. Of course, to be approved, it never was approved. They did experimental and put it under an experimental status to get it out there. But it'd be, you couldn't do it and have a conscience, you would think. But apparently, money makes consciences go away. And when you are making money from the pharmaceutical companies and you're basically paid and your job depends on them, it's hard for them to go against it. But it's hard for me. I'm trying to put myself in that mentality of when is money worth knowing that you're going to harm millions of people? There is no amount of money that that is worth it. When is it worth it? Even if you're afraid of just, it's not about money. You don't come out and say the truth about what the jabs have been doing to people because you're afraid of losing your job and you work in the medical industry. Even that, I I can't imagine allowing people to be injured that way. And we know that the vaccine causes things like turbo cancer. Besides, this is just the blood clotting. This is what's so scary. The vaccine damages your immune system on top of the blood clotting, on top of myocarditis, but because it damages your immune system, cancers can spread and all sorts of other things you can die of that you are susceptible to because you're damaging your own body's ability to fight off whatever weakness you have. I, being bedridden from cancer, know what that's like, and I'm not vaccinated. I know for sure, and I I had cancer, and I was diagnosed with cancer way before uh, the COVID thing ever struck. So I'm totally unrelated to that. I am, who knows, I am part of the demographic of younger people getting cancer. That was happening before COVID at a much younger age, and that's that could be due to pesticides and it affects some people and doesn't. And we just eat, our food is different than people living in the 1800s and the food they were eating. And I don't know. And since I have cancer in my family, maybe because of how our culture is, the cancer came out early instead of late in my life. It comes out earlier in my life. And I do think it has something to do with dietary and and culture, but couldn't say for sure what it is. The reason why I'm saying I think that is because it's undeniable that cancer for many, many years, way before COVID, has been reaching and coming out in younger and younger aged people. But since the vaccine, it has skyrocketed. It is hitting young people, not just at younger ages, because it is, but at a rate that is staggering. They call it a super spreader. These people are getting diagnosed, and in a month, they're dead. Uh, I, It's horrible. It's just horrible. And I am going to fight with every breath that I have that God allows me to, 
against this stuff and get these videos out there so that you don't end up in a situation bedridden when you didn't have to. It didn't happen to me because I didn't take the vax. Thank goodness. And I don't have to sit there and blame myself for getting the vax. I can't imagine, though, there are people in my situation who are having cancer and they're pretty sure the vaccine made it come on. And to know that you voluntarily got that, I don't know what that does to you mentally. I feel so bad for you, but I want to help anyone who's going forward. They still push. Thank goodness we've got the numbers way down. It's probably like only less than 20% of people are getting vaccinated with the COVID vax anymore. And we need to get it lower than that. So let me go back, though, to Grant Stinchfield. Take a listen. Interesting. Nobody at the FDA asked for it. Hey, are there any other deaths after the study was concluded? Simple question. But nobody asked because they didn't want to know. And so now they let the people suffer. More and more evidence is coming, thanks to everyday folks who are looking into this. A data analyst analyst and former United States Air Force major played a survey to embalmers across the country. Just look at this graph, graph number four. He found that 72% of embalmers observed white fibrous blood clots in 2023 um, corpses. 72% observe these blood clots. What's going on here? And there's a lot more to go through. Well, joining us now is the data analyst and former United States Air Force major who conducted this study. Tom Haviland is with us. Tom, welcome to the program. Grant, thanks for having me on the show to talk about this very important topic. And I'll just show the audience right here. Here Here's some of the clots that we're talking about. There are nasty, nasty looking clots, right? So they do exist. Um, this all came to to my attention um, the week of Thanksgiving of last year when that movie Died Suddenly came out. And about six or seven embalmers in that movie said they were seeing those white fibrous clots. I wanted to see whether that was a real phenomenon or not. So I conducted a, a survey last year to see what, uh, what embalmers were seeing through the year 2022. Uh, I sent out a, a, a link to a survey in SurveyMonkey to um, over three dozen national, regional, and state funeral director associations with hundreds of members underneath them. I also sent the email to over 1,700 funeral homes directly around the world trying to get responses from embalmers around the world to see what they were seeing. All right. And the survey the survey we did last year, Grant, had three main conclusions to it. The uh, About seven out of 10 embalmers were seeing the white fibers clots. Uh, the majority of them started seeing the clots in 2021 after the vaccines rolled out. And then some of these embalmers are seeing these clots in up to 50% or more of their corpses. So- uh, hold on. Seven out of 10 embalmers. It is astronomical. These numbers are worse than we thought when Died Suddenly came out. It is amazing how many people then have this it a lot of times it's the cause of death it might not even be reported as many times it's not the cause of death but it it's there they're finding it and even though the person may have died from some other way 
they were going to probably die with the clotting. That that clotting, we don't know because it's it's not a normal blood clot. That's the other thing. These are white fibrous stuff. So once you have that, does it ever deteriorate? Ever? Or is it in there forever? And then you're just a walking, ticking time bomb. Fine one day, clot goes to the brain, gone the next, with no signs of that happening to you, which, again, died suddenly. It, uh, it, what has happened to this world makes me think, yet again, and, and, and I'm, I'm begging for it, that Jesus is going to return. Because I was thinking about my situation, of course, I want Jesus to return, but there are so many people that I truly believe well, statistically, I know for a fact, are walking around ticking time bombs that are going to suffer from the vaccine still in the future. I've always said this is something that will take years, and years from now, it's going to keep hitting. Myocarditis, I think, in a young person, takes up to like five years before a lot of times people will know that it's occurred to them. Anyways, I, I can't remember. I don't know if I have that statistic right, but there's there's all sorts of statistics showing that a lot of this is delayed effects. So there are a lot of people that this world, the evil people in this world, are trying to wipe out. Why wouldn't the world be crying out to Jesus, please return? Because you might look at me and think, Bed, you're in a bedridden state with cancer. But tomorrow, if you've gotten the vaccine, you could be in a, a situation you never expected to be in. We need to all be saying, if you've gotten vaccinated, hopefully I'm okay. Hopefully I'm not a ticking time bomb. But there are people out there and we need God to rescue us from, from this world. Uh, because I don't know. I don't know if these people will ever be held accountable. The truth is, obviously, I don't believe they will. Do you? I mean, seriously. They're going to hold themselves accountable? I don't see it. Let me give you more. And then right. I've done a, 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 another survey this year, then, that's in progress right now that's, that, you, that you see to see what the embalmers are seeing this year at the end of 2023. All right, let me go through some of these slides, Tom. This is uh, yeah. graphic five for the guys behind the glass. Uh, embalmers say they see these white fibrous clots in 20% of their corpses in 2023, 30% in 2022, when the vax was even more prevalent, and it was 0% before the COVID vax. Were you That's surprised right, by that finding? 0% is stunning to me to have this kind of an increase. Yeah, uh, a lot of these embalmers, Grant, have been embalming for 20 or 30 years, and they've never seen these strange, unusual white fibrous clots until uh, the years of COVID and the COVID vaccine. So it's uh, it's interesting because some of the embalmers did see them in the year 2020 when we had COVID but no vaccines yet. And that kind of makes sense because the spike protein on the virus itself uh, can cause what's uh, called amyloid proteins, misshaped or misfolded proteins that then become hard for our bodies to break down. We all have a natural enzyme called plasmin 
that breaks down normal clotting, but if the clot is shapely folded, All right. it becomes difficult for plasma to break that clot down. But what we think happened so in I 2021 with the advent of the vaccines grant is we think that effect got supercharged. Because if you remember, the shot was supposed to stay in your arm, uh, uh, produce just enough of the spike protein to elicit an immune response for just a couple of days to a week, and then its job would be done. But we know that's what hap not happened at all. The vaccine goes all over your body, turning your whole body into a spike protein factory, and they found it doing that for months. So they think the, the scientists right. I've talked to think is it, it's supercharged the effect of the formation of these white fibrous clots. I, I that was what I concluded when the, these reports first came out. I think he's a hundred percent right. And if I had gotten the vaccine, I've said this from the beginning as well, because I was already a cancer patient. If I had ever went and I got uh, the vaccine, I would not be alive today. My life is, was extended because I didn't. I think I'd, I'd been dead a long time ago. It, it would have super spread my cancer and I wouldn't even be here doing this. So anyways, thank goodness I didn't because I'd already be gone and God can still use me. For as long as he decides to use me for. Let's go back. There's there's so much more. Take a listen. All right. So let me let me pretend I'm a scientist. What your study proves to me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, was that some event occurred in in 2021 and 2022 and 2023 that would increase the amount of these clots being found in dead people. There is no doubt that that year, because you had zero, then you go, you know, 30%, then back down to to uh, 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 20% and 0% before that. Uh, so yeah. you had an event. It doesn't prove that it's the vax, but I hope that scientists out there would now say, okay, this is evidence. What's the only event that happened? Is that, or, I mean, it could be COVID too, right? Like you could have gotten the COVID virus that could be causing the clots. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you, Grant. Those are the, the, the two obvious alternatives. And it actually kind of makes sense that the clots may have gone down in 2023, because if you recall, most Americans got their first two jabs back in 2021, and very few Americans, it was about 80% of Americans took the jab. Uh, only about 20% of Americans took the uh, vaccine last year and less than about 15% have taken the vaccine this year. So if the vaccine is indeed causing these white fibrous clots, you might uh, start to see them taper off in 2023 when less people have been yeah. taking the jabs the last few years. So even that yeah, data kind of really, It's really a stunning study and it should wake up every scientist that is pushing these vaccines and doctors pushing these vaccines to put a pause and say, hold on, we need to study this. If these are causing something, we need to hold on. Is the risk versus reward worth it? And I believe Early on, they realized the risk versus reward was not worth it, yet still they continue to push it on us, Tom. Yeah. And in addition to the white fibers clots grant, uh, the embalmers are also seeing increases in what's called microclotting. Uh, they, they see when they do drain the corpse of blood and try to put the formaldehyde in, they're seeing what looks like they call coffee grounds or, or actually dirty blood in the drainage coming off the corpse. And that's an indication that microclotting might be occurring. And that's just as dangerous as these white fibrous clots because microclotting can take place at the capillary level, your very small blood vessels, and then you cannot get good exchange of oxygen at the lungs and, and uh, 
exchange that oxygen to the organs and even the brain. So that's just as dangerous as these white fibrous clots. And that is also a phenomenon that has increased greatly since the years uh, before COVID and the COVID vaccines. Yes, and I'm out of time. But he goes on to say that he sent his data in last year to the FDA and CDC that showed all of this dangerous data about the the fiber plotting and received crickets from the FDA and CDC. He's going to send his new updated one up through 2023. He's going to send that whole report, but they're not going to do anything. They're never going to admit that they believed in depopulation and they did it to the entire world. For you and I, keep fighting the good fight by exposing the truth. Always expose the truth. It helps others. Put your faith in God. He's the only answer in this day and age. And there's a reason. We're near the end times. God is wanting people to turn to him. The worse it gets, the more people turn to God. So he's allowing it, but hopefully he only allows it to be a short period of time. And then God says, okay, now come home. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. I told you that because I love you guys. See ya! Hey guys, don't forget to subscribe to my dad's channel. It's free and you stay informed. Now that's a win-win. See ya!